0: Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown, episode 15. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And not too much jumps out of the box uh,
1: this week, Walt, you, does it? No, it really doesn't. You know, last week we nailed it. There was some value last week, and we let everyone know about it. Florida, Alabama, Notre Dame, Texas, Georgia, Iowa. Only loss, really, last week was Arizona State. Take six out of seven any week, Woj. We throw in stories under that he guaranteed the fans was going to cover. It covered. Boom. What a great week. This week, I see very little value. A little bit here, a little bit there. We'll talk about it with some of the games, but we're going to do a special episode this week. It's going to air Friday. I'm going to go over with a couple other people. Maybe they see value where I don't this week because I just don't see it, Woj.
0: I always call those couple weeks before Thanksgiving moving week. As far as gambling goes, you know, you have your bad weeks, your good weeks, as far as games, Um, but I see this as those team's jostling for position in the in the playoff rankings trying to get into that top four uh this is this week and next week are huge weeks for that um it's just it's just the moving weeks but as far as dfs goes there's some huge over under games and there's a lot of injuries out there uh this time of the season so it, it's a good week for dfs at least first game we got on the slate today is penn state nine and one heading to ohio state 11 and zero. uh it's game day 11 o'clock on Fox. Well,
1: It's going to be a game to watch, Woj. Ohio State, minus 18.5, over under 58. All you Big Ten fans, get ready, because this game has major implications. going to be tough, though, Woj. There's some news about K.J. Hamler, right?
0: Yeah, K.J. Hamler's day-to-day after uh, being hurt in the Indiana Indiana game, uh, one of the last plays. And then uh, Chase Young, uh, Ohio State's uh, linebacker, is back for the Buckeyes after that suspension um, with the alleged money. Uh, he was loaned uh, a couple years ago.
1: Hey, Woj, both those are good reasons why the Buckeyes are given 18 and a half because they're both working out in Ohio State's favorite, I think.
0: It is. It's helping that, uh, well, what most people call the best team in the nation for sure. Uh, this is a tough DFS game. Uh, the, I want to take cheap options on Penn State, but Ohio State's just so good. Um, so, I mean, if you want to go some Ohio State Guys, your just, you're Justin Fields is amazing. He's 8,600, so he's expensive. But Penn State gives up 240.3 yards in the air per game. I mean, they're about to go against probably one of the best quarterbacks uh, they ha- have seen yet this year. And it's the number one team in the nation, essentially, almost. Uh, you know, you could pair him with a couple of receivers or some options at receivers is Chris Olave, who's 5,900, solid option with 593 yards and nine TDs in the season. Uh, a little cheaper option at 5,300 is Benjamin Victor. I played Victor before earlier this year. He's good. He's a kind of a big play guy. He's only got 27 receptions so far, but a lot of yards, 459 and six TDs. So he'd be your wild card for a touchdown. Uh, but I do see a little bit of value on the Ohio, Ohio State side.
1: Well, as far as the game goes, Woj, we're talking about a Penn State team being talked about as a possible national championship, national champion, I should say, three weeks ago. They lost to Minnesota, and man, did people, they, they did not respect them anymore at all. Far outside chance, you know, right now of Penn State getting to the national championship or getting to the playoffs for that matter. They'd need Ohio State, the team they're playing this week, to obviously lose two in a row. You know, that's that's going to be tough for a good football team like Ohio State. In the game specifically, though, Penn State has covered four of the last five times in this series. It's a little surprising to me. The average margin of victory of the last three games in this series, Woj, this is going to knock you off your seat. 1.6 average margin of victory the last three games. We had a one-point game, a one-point game, and a field goal game. I don't even remember that. I watch all the Big Ten games. These are obviously Big games every year, Ohio State, Penn State, but I can't say I remember that. Do you remember that happening watch the past three years?
0: No. No, that's crazy.
1: It, it it threw me off. I didn't remember it. But you know, it would lead me to jump on the 18 plus a hook, but you know what? I'm not going to. Ohio State smallest margin of victory this season was twenty-four, and that was against Florida Atlantic week one. Watch the game. It was really a blowout. It was probably they should have won by more than that, but they didn't. They won by twenty-four, and that was their lowest margin of victory on the season closest comparable competition to, you know for Ohio State on the year would probably be Wisconsin. That's what I would say Woj. going through the schedule would you agree? I would agree. they,
0: uh, they kind of destroyed that game.
1: They did They won by 31 in that game you know I, I'm gonna stay away from this one. I don't know what side to bet. Again I don't see value kind of like we talked about at the beginning. I'm gonna grab my popcorn eat it and enjoy the game. I'll keep the money in my pocket.
0: Oklahoma State 7 and three heading to West Virginia. Mountaineers four and six, 11 o'clock on ESPN two so just a couple notes on DFS for this game Tylen Wallace is out for the season uh, he suffered uh, that I think it was two weeks ago and now we've kind of fallen to see who's going to take his place as the top wide receiver for Oklahoma State and it looks like Dylan Stoner uh, he's only fifty two hundred on DraftKings this week. He was targeted 47% of the time in the TCU game and 30% last week against Kansas. Uh, He's a cheap option. He's getting a lot of targets, as you can see. So he'd be an awesome option in that game. And Oklahoma State, we know they love passing the ball to Tylen Wallace. So if if Dylan Stoner is going to take the place, I'm all over it at 5,200. Option on West Virginia side of the ball would be George Campbell. He's a wide receiver. 5,000. He's pretty cheap. Now, here's the reason why he's cheap. With TJ Simmons, the, their top wide receiver on the IR, they've spread the ball out a little bit in the last two weeks. So last week, four receivers had over 17% of the targets, so that's not good uh, for DFS. And Campbell did have um, most of the workload as far as DFS last week. He did get two touchdowns on his five grabs, so he made use of his uh, his 70% of the targets. Um, the week before, Sam Jones, who's 5,300 on DraftKings, was 35% of the targets um so it's kind of a crapshoot it looks like last week they went to more of a uh wide receiver by committee kind of spread the ball around a little bit more the week before it looked like Sam Jones got most of it so listen if Campbell can do what he did with the five touches he did last week and got the two TDs I think he's a solid option
1: at 5,000. Makes sense you got a spread here on the game Oklahoma State giving seven again I don't I don't see much there Woj it seems like you got some you know fantasy football players for it so maybe that's what we get out of this game as far as putting a wager down I don't know I'll leave that to you guys maybe the round table have something to say about it this week but something I am looking at and I think you and I might disagree on this Woj but I'm looking at the UCF at Tulane game 11 a.m about the same time as the West Virginia game Tulane plus six over under a 69 and a half I like this Tulane football team Woj You know, on that L side, those red Ls, they got some quality teams. Auburn, Memphis, Navy, you know, those are three of Tulane's losses. All good teams they lost to. Lost to Temple last week, a little concerning. Likely why the spread is here rather than at a field goal as it sits now. It's plus six, I mentioned. UCF, not as strong of a team as the past few years. Could be due to them playing better competition this year. I don't know. Maybe their team's not as good which I think Woj might disagree with me on the flip side of this, but I've been waiting for an opportunity to get good value on Tulane. This is the first time I've really seen it. I'll likely be jumping on this.
0: It's not that I don't like Tulane wall but, you know, it, as far as this game goes it's 69 and a half, you know, the Tulane Greenwave and coach Willie Fritz like to run the ball a lot. And I just feel like if they do that, it's going to run a lot of the clock down. And, I mean, UCF's going to get their chances. So as far as DFS, I like Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback at 7100. Seems like a pretty good price. I see him getting value, see him getting three TDs and around 290 yards passing, uh, which you can get some right around that value mark. I just don't know if Fritz is going to game plan to try to drain that clock and slow it down. And we've seen Tulane struggle versus some of the better teams. And uh, I mean, UCF is no crazy awesome team this year but they're they're pretty good if you were going to take someone on Tulane, though their quarterback Justin McMillan who's 6300 he is their top rusher he's got 12 rushing TDs in the season uh, and that's not including his 13 passing TDs so he'd be an option uh, a cheaper option at 6300 if you're looking for a cheap quarterback but like I said I don't know if I like Tulane in this one just because I don't think they're going to score that many points i think that over-under is all that accurate, but I could be wrong there. It all kind of comes down
1: to the game plan and how they play it. It is pretty crazy to not see a lot of value in that over-under of 69.5. I've been following along with you all season, Woj, and I noticed once it gets up to that number, there's usually a few players you're going to talk about. Kind of makes me wonder about that Pac-12 game, UCLA at USC. We got an over-under in that game of 64.5. USC's minus 14. I'm guessing with the 64.5, you see some value there, no?
0: Oh, every time I see UCLA and USC, I I just lick my chops because this is is juicy. Because UCLA loves to give up a lot of points and try to score a lot of points. And USC just likes to throw the ball a ton, no matter if it works or doesn't work. Um, I'm loving uh, Keaton Solvis this week, the quarterback from USC at 7,000. I think he is a bargain going into this game at 7,000. UCLA gives up chunks of yards uh, and has been torched by other teams I just I just have visions of that that Washington State game where it was like 60 something to 60 something um, Solvis has thrown over over 400 yards and 40 D's in each of the last two games against Cal and ASU so maybe they finally figured it out in the passing game or maybe they're just dumb luck because they just continue to pass the ball as much as they humanly possibly can um, so I'm gonna pair him with a wide receiver I'm gonna take Michael Pittman jr. their number one wide receiver at 76 he's expensive but he's had back-to-back huge weeks he's at 82 receptions on the year uh, and with Tyler Vaughn one of their other wide receivers hurt and injured I mean this is a huge opportunity for Pittman um, and like I said Solvis Pittman had a back-to-back huge weeks I like them especially going in the UCLA who loves to give up a lot of yards at home
1: uh, this is a juicy one for DFS Something again I, re- I really don't know as far as those two teams go. I, I, line makes sense to me I guess UCLA though they can come on surprise. You you never really know with that team. Uh, I'm with you. You never really know. So
0: I, I, that's why I like the UC, USC players and Keaton Sulvis and Pittman are they they should have a really good game no matter what. Moving on, we got SMU 9 and 1 at Navy 7 and 2. Midshipmen lost one last week to the uh, The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, this game will be on at 2.30 on CBS Sports Network.
1: We did. Well, I should say, we let the fans know last week. We thought that spread was a little off, Woj, and it, it sure was. Notre Dame came out, and they handled Navy. But as we spoke last week, Navy is a good football team. They're given three and a half in this game, over under a 66. Really interesting game. Three and a half is the full game line. First quarter minus three. First half minus three. You really don't see that very often. Something to look at if you're going to take one side or other, depending what side you're going to take. Maybe look to take the first quarter or first half lines as they're so close to the full game line. It's going to be a good game as far as college football goes. We're watching two teams that could easily be power five teams, in my opinion. Navy has been dominating the series from a sports wagering standpoint, covered five of the last six series games back to 2010. Under field goal spread, only two games back to 2008, Woj. Two-point spread in 2010, one-point spread in 2017. Navy covered both of these games, something to keep in the back of your mind. Shows a little favoritism, you know, from the books towards SMU. They haven't been getting it exactly right. Two teams, you know, as far as the game goes, not really known for their defense this year. Mustangs of SMU giving up 32.7 points per game. Navy giving up twenty-one point nine points per game. Standout offenses though, with SMU at 522 yards a game and Navy at 446 yards a game. I really like Shane Bouchel. Little bias, transfer from Texas. Everyone knows I like Texas, but he's really cutting up some defenses with his ability to spot receivers. Man, cover two, cover three, even a cover four or dime. He's still finding holes in the you know in the secondary. 3,195 passing yards on the season, eight interceptions. Interceptions can be an issue for him, not a ton of them, but you know they generally come at bad times, which is never good for a quarterback to do. Is he a potential fantasy, daily fantasy player, coach He is, uh,
0: but I'm going to go with James Prochet um, because he's probably the best wide receiver in college football right now. He's 7,700 on DraftKings. He's expensive, like I said, but he's awesome. Averages 10 grabs a game, maybe a little bit over that. Um, Coming off a 13 and a 14 uh, reception game. Also has had a TD in every single game wall but the first. And he's averaging over a TD uh, per game this year, which is insane. Um, I I just like Brochet. 7,700. Navy spreads the ball out too much. Uh, Shane Bruchel is a. Possibility as well, but he's pretty expensive. I think there's better options out there, especially like Keaton's uh, Solvis, like I talked about, it was pretty much a shoe in to get value at 7000 But proche is definitely a wide receiver to look at at 7700 I know he's expensive, but he gets,
1: uh, he's well worth the money with the amount of grabs he gets. That makes sense to me, Woj. A little note I wanted to give everyone out there, too, that you should probably be looking for good things to come from Navy and other academies in the future. A new military rule that actually just went into effect. This week, it allows service academy athletes to get a waiver and actually go pro. So for football, it allows the athletes to go to the NFL. They can defer their military service requirements, or essentially pay back their tuition if they do choose to go pro and are able to. Uh, Keenan Reynolds might jog people's memories. You know, he drafted in 2016 NFL Draft uh, because of a policy similar to this at the time. It allowed him to go there, but it was eventually rescinded by the military late a year later. But really, what this does when people can't go to the nfl it limits recruiting options of the top players you know a top player little to no chance they're going to go to a service academy if they know they can't go to the nfl you know that's a lot of good players goals definitely not a sales pitch when uh they're visiting these top-notch athletes trying to recruit them i also think it's going to be better for football teams usually means like better recruiting of students overall not just athletes it's good for the schools so great for the players great for the school's Great for the respective football teams. You know, it's got my stamp of approval. I wanted to make sure everybody was aware of it.
0: That's my stamp of approval, too. That'll definitely help uh, the military academies out a ton uh, trying to get some football players. Quick note on the Texas-Baylor game. Texas traveling to Baylor, who's 9-1, and one, uh, lost that heartbreaker against Oklahoma last week, 2.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Texas is a six-point favorite, and the over-under is 59.5 couple guys I just want to talk about with DFS in this one really quick. Devin uh wide receiver from Texas. We talked about many times in this podcast before. He's 7,300. Pulled off $300 per point, which is over value uh, against ISU last week. Still pulled in nine touches, just didn't find the end zone. So still got his consistent touches, just didn't get to the end zone. Could easily get to the end zone this in this game against the Baylor team. Uh, if he keeps consistently getting those touches, I, I don't see why he's not a good pick as far as value goes, especially in a cash game. Guy I'm really pumped about in this matchup is Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor, 6,600. Did good for us last week. Got us under value at 243 per point against Oklahoma. Uh, he did get banged up a little bit, um, but he's expected to play against Texas, so just keep that in mind. Uh, he's been a big part of the Baylor of late, 17 receptions getting 20 percent of the targets in the last three games so 26 percent is a lot on a team especially going in the multiple games in a row uh, so look for him to get a bunch of touches while we got a uh, Arkansas 2 and 8 going to LSU 10
1: and 0 6 o'clock in ESPN this could be
0: a barn burner
1: right no <laughs> it could be somebody's barn getting burned I'm guessing Arkansas's but we got LSU sitting as a 44 point favorite over under 69 and a half Since 2008, Arkansas has covered 8 of 11, Woj. They're surprising me with these things all week. 8 of 11 Arkansas has covered since 2008. But in this game, LSU's at home, best team in the nation, last game before A&M. You know, this A&M will be their biggest roadblock to the SEC championship. I kind of think I know how this game's going to go.
0: I mean, you're covering... You know, covered eight of the last 11. It's pretty hard not to cover a 44-point spread wall. Holy moly. I mean, that's a big number. But LSU is the number one team in the nation. We've seen them play very pretty well. I'm going to steer clear of Arkansas. Uh, seven losses in a row, only scoring 19 points versus Western Kentucky last week. I don't see them scoring very many points against LSU. Um, definitely not more than 19. Justin Jefferson, as far as LSU goes, is a good pick. Wide receiver LSU 7100. Uh, I'm taking him over Jamar Chase, whose Chase has been a really good receiver as of late. Problem is Chase is a thousand dollars more, and they've been basically pulling in the same amount of target percentage uh, and getting the same workload. So I'm just going to take the cheaper option, which is a thousand less thousand less dollars. I can keep in my pocket to put somewhere else um, for about the same workload. Clyde edwards hilera who has just been destroying as of late, uh, is questionable. Uh, in considering how this game might go, uh, I don't even know if they'll play him because uh, it'd be so lopsided. Uh, again, the same goes for Joe Joe uh, Burrow, or Burrow, the quarterback for LSU. Uh, he's 8200. I just don't know how much playing time they'll get, and if he will. I don't know what the game plan is here. I mean, it's this is so lopsided. I want to kind of steer clear with DFS as much as I possibly can because I don't know who will play and who
1: won't. And if you're going to spend that kind of money, you want to make sure they're going to be pulling in at least value. Makes sense. It really makes sense. You know, he's playing that whole game, which Joe Burrow is a lock. But like you said, he might not be playing the whole game. If he was, LSU's averaging 400 yards a game in the air. Heisman, front runner, sitting in that pocket. Mr. Joe Burrow, we're just talking about, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions only to go with those 38 touchdowns, 93.2 quarterback rating, minus 5,000 to win the Heisman right now. That means you put 100 on the line, you're going to win two if you're right. Incredible. This, this guy's the man. Great LSU football team in general. Number one team in the nation against a paltry Razorback team on a seven-game losing streak. 44, not nearly enough. You know, that's a question I'll pose to you. Week one to five, I'd agree. I'm hammering LSU. Want to caution people, though, to think about this a little bit more before taking. The reason, it's easy. Like Woj said, they're going to be sitting some players. Why in the hell would LSU want to run up the score in this game? This game means nothing to them, assuming they win. They do what they need to lock in a win, and they sit some players. We saw what happened to Tua last week, right, Woj?
0: Yeah, for, I mean, it's it's, it's gonna it possibly could happen. Like I talked about with Clyde edwards
1: he's questionable. I don't even know if he plays at all. No, you, you get the same in, same thing as Tua last week. You got somebody sitting out in a game that you're gonna win anyway. LSU's not gonna risk that. That Ordonez not gonna risk that. You know, this game's gonna mean nothing to the playoff committee. LSU has already proven their worth. A&M and Georgia are really their only two obstacles, assuming you know lightning doesn't strike here and somehow Arkansas pulls out a win. But what some of you might gather from this is take the Razorbacks plus 44. Hey, I never said that. You want to go? You want to do that? Go ahead and do that. Personally, I don't bet on one of the worst Power Five teams in the nation playing against the best team in the nation. It's it's a new rule of mine. I just created it today. But I'm just thinking, you know, maybe put a pass on this one. Maybe it's not your best option. As you just mentioned, well, maybe keep the money in your pocket.
0: Yeah, this is just one of those games that everybody sees that 44, and they're just like, "Oh, well, that's a huge number. They have to at least cover that, but it, it might not be possible. LSU is that good." How about Duke, four and six, at Wake Forest, seven and three, 6:30 p.m. on the ACC Network.
1: Duke plus seven, over under a 51. I mean. I'm guessing as far as fantasy football goes, a little too much spreading the ball around in this one?
0: you you hit the nail on the head there? Well, two teams that you know like to do that. They like to use a lot of different weapons to get the job done. Duke has had five receivers, five receivers last week with over 11% of the targets with the highest being 22 and there were two at 22. So that's not good when you're spreading the ball around that much to receivers as far as DFS goes, no matter how cheap they are, because you don't know who's going to get the ball. They also have three running backs that include Harris, their quarterback, as a running back. Uh, they all get about equal amount of rushes per game, so that's a questionable there too. And Wake Forest has been a mess as of late with injuries to key receivers. And Jamie Newton, the quarterback for Wake Forest, 7,100 with implied points being at 22 for Wake Forest. I just don't see him reaching value uh, with that low a
1: number. Hey, we got two teams that have really tough outings as of late. Both teams not playing so great. I'm not going to give my pick right away. If you stick around for the Woj and Wall pick though, no, you'll know where I'm leaning.
0: Well, We'll have to see, Wall. That, that could be a little
1: sketchy there. <laughs> Woj, we got a tweet this week. Really good tweet, in my opinion, too. Good question to ask, but it came from Miss Lizzie. She asked, what do you guys think of the current rankings? What should we look for in upcoming games for odds in the playoffs? Your thoughts, Woj? That's a great question. My thoughts are the top is pretty set in stone. You have LSU and Ohio
0: State both look good. They've given the playoff committee nothing to think that they're top teams. We'll see this week with Ohio State going to Penn State. You have – or, excuse me, Penn State going to Ohio State. They're going to have a tough game there. We'll see if that can – that sways the playoff committee at all, depending on how, how Ohio State comes out in that game. You have Clemson, who's 11-0. and You just – They haven't really played anybody, but you can't knock the the champion last year off the the platter, I guess, even though they say that has nothing to do with it, really. My couple of issues come in a little later. So we have Oregon, who I think has showed enough to be number four this year. Nothing to take away from Georgia and Alabama. Both are great teams, but I think Oregon has showed a lot. You know, they lost that close game, their only loss, against Auburn, the first game of the season, and it was a close game. It could have gone both ways. It was a great game, Uh, and they've rolled the table since, with key wins at Stanford, at Washington, at USC, and then finally at home versus Arizona, and I mean, people could say the same thing about Utah, who's ranked right behind them. Oregon right now is ranked six, or Utah is seven, but I think... Oregon just looked more impressive they have a more impressive road wins so I I just I like Oregon I think they they deserve to be in the conversation for number four right now and we'll go from there I will just see what happens in the Pac-12 championship Uh, their defense has shown up quite a bit lately too and their offense is finally on on par so they're just look like a good all-around team at the moment uh, what I don't really understand is the Baylor Oklahoma mess we have going on in here. So you have Oklahoma, who right now is ranked ninth at nine and one, and you have Baylor, who's 14th at nine and one. Okay, Baylor was dominating last week in a game. I, I maybe "dominating" is a strong word, but winning the the entire game up until the end against o- uh, Oklahoma, right, Wal?
1: They were dominating. which I think you were right the first time.
0: Uh, If the playoff committee holds Oklahoma in such high regards, why hasn't Baylor moved up in the rankings after that? It's Baylor's only loss. They were winning that game for most of it. Yeah, they did lose, and Oklahoma has had back-to-back bad weeks now. Iowa State almost took them to overtime, and they tried to win the game with the two-point conversion two weeks ago. So I I don't know if I, I agree with the Oklahoma. And I certainly don't agree with Baylor not getting moving up in the standings If they like Oklahoma that much, it's fine if you want to keep Oklahoma there, but then why isn't Baylor number 10 or or closer than 14? It just doesn't make any sense to me. That one's a scratching my head. I I don't, I don't get that one. How about you all?
1: Well, I like what you said, Woj. I'll go even further. You said Oklahoma hasn't played good the last two weeks. Oh, they haven't played good the last three weeks. You remember they lost to Kansas state three weeks ago. So you know what every week these playoff yeah, rankings Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That was their one loss in the season and they looked awful in that game, but every week, you know, these playoff rankings come out, I there's something that angers me. You know, I, I kind of agree with you this week, though, Woj. It's all opinionated at this point, especially since we still have games to play, but I kind of agree with them. LSU, Ohio State, no brainers. Clemson, like you said, they're undefeated. They got to be up there. It's just the way it has to be. Georgia Bama, Georgia Bama, excuse me, doesn't matter. SEC Championship's going to settle that out. Pac-12, Oregon, and Utah, six and seven. I kind of like where they are, Woj. I, you know what? They, they have a chance to move themselves up, so I don't mind where they are. I don't disagree with you. Uh, Oregon maybe should be up there at five or four, but these two teams, they play each other in a conference championship. Potentially, they have a chance to jump, so I'm okay with it. My real gripes, same as you, Woj, they come in with the big 12. Oklahoma should not be in the top 10. Like, you, like we just went over for the reasons we just went over, They have not looked good at all the past three weeks. They got smoked by that Kansas State game that we just kind of talked about. The score doesn't matter. They, you know, ended up coming back at the end and making it close. But watch the game. They got smoked. Kind of the same thing you were saying about Baylor last week. Same circumstance. Another one makes absolutely no sense to me. Oklahoma State, another Big 12 team sitting at 21 with Texas not even in those rankings. Texas, four-loss team. Oklahoma State, three-loss team. On paper, I guess it makes sense, but heads up, Texas won this game. One of Texas's losses was to the best team in the nation, LSU. They've been playing people. You know, you want to keep both teams out? That's fine with me, but to put Oklahoma State above Texas makes no sense. So Big 12, we're in agreement, Woj. There's a lot, lot lots of questions to ask about that. Back to the tweet, Woj. As far as the tweet goes, this is why I really like it. The second part of the question was, what should we look for in upcoming games for odds in the playoffs? This is why I like the question. Smart money, sharps, people that actually profit from sports gambling. This is what they're asking themselves. They're not just focused on this week's slate. They're looking ahead. Well, in answer to the question, odds in the playoffs, I think for the most part, these odds are already set, depending which teams play which teams. I'm pretty sure... Odds are set. Only two games left in the season. We know what teams we're dealing with. Only caveat might be if a shakeup occurs. Let's say a big upset against one of the top three teams. We could be watching to see the Pac 12's performance in their games. These odds might not be as concrete because Oregon, Auburn, you know, that's the only comparison really for the Pac 12 against the rest of the nation. As I see it, the way it stands right now, I think Ohio State, obviously the most likely team to win the national championship probably minus two and a half against LSU, minus three against Clemson. Bama, they'd probably be minus five and a half. Georgia, maybe a full touchdown against one of the Pac-12 teams, ten and a half. I think those are kind of set, unless we saw, see something crazy, the lightning striking, as I like to say. LSU plays someone, they're probably minus one or one and a half against Clemson, probably minus five and a half against Georgia, maybe six. We'll see this in the SEC Championship, though, likely, so that'll answer itself. Ohio State, Back to the question, in answer to what games we should be looking at, Ohio State, Michigan next week could tweak the line for anyone in the playoffs against Ohio State. Ohio State squeaks by. It would drop the points they're given to LSU or Clemson. They play well against, or crush Michigan for that matter, likely no change at all, and I think we go back to those odds I kind of just mentioned.
0: Well, a couple of games to also look at. Are what Minnesota and Wisconsin are going to be doing here in these next couple of games? Because one of them is going to go from the Big Ten West to the Big Ten Championship to likely play Ohio. Well, what we're what I'm guessing right now is going to be Ohio State, and what they do in the next couple of games could influence those lines greatly. Because right now you got Minnesota at plus 650 to make it, and Wisconsin at plus one or 1200. Uh, so bets on either of those right now could make you pretty big money even if it's a small bet um, I just I like looking at those two I like what you talked about with a shake up in the top three and a pac 12 kind of moving up uh, and that that's something to look at as well um, but I really like looking at those Minnesota Wisconsin area just to see who's going to go to that big Ten championship game uh, to likely possibly even win that and then go to the playoffs
1: I like the fact you brought up odds to make playoffs because it Kind of goes along with this question, though not exa- asked exactly. You know, if you have a dog in the fight, most games you'll be concentrating on this week and next week, for that matter, are actually the other team in the conference from whoever you have, whoever you had bet on, maybe for a futures bet to make the playoffs, maybe to make the national championship. You know, this week there's not a lot to look at. If you're looking at a plus money team, you want to get your bet in now. You know, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, those are minus money teams. Everybody else is a plus money team. Georgia, basically better than them to win the SEC championship. Not going to get better odds than now. Oregon, Utah, you're watching the other team, like I just mentioned from the combo, really. It, that's what's going to decide whether your team makes it. Both teams this week against Arizona's, Oregon playing Arizona State, Utah playing Arizona. Odds will move against you if the other team loses. I think this is contrary to popular belief. A lot of people disagree, but... I really think this is the reason you should get your bet in now if you're going to bet on one of those teams, because if the other team in those combo loses, it's going to hurt your odds. Alabama, that's a team that just needs help. You know, if, if they get that help, their odds will drop. So you're going to put them in one of the futures bets? Take it now. The minus money teams, you can wait on your bet. Arguably, Ohio State or LSU loses. They still have a shot. If they lose, you're going to get much better odds in that situation with them still having a chance to make the playoffs. Clemson really a non-issue. Don't bet it. Who cares what happens unless they lose, obviously.
0: Well, this is kind of hedging season too for in terms of you know the odds to make the playoffs. Say you have a bet on Ohio State not to make it, um, and yeah, then you have a bet you know on Wisconsin or Minnesota to make it at a much greater uh, return on investment. Just options there to keep open when you're when you're looking down the line at these Big Ten or all the championship games around the league,
1: right? I agree. Woj, I'll agree with you. I think we're going to get a lot better opportunity, though, when uh, conference championships come around because that's where you can maybe get a chance at a dog if you had somebody in a futures bet to make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. I think this week, next week, you'll have a little opportunity, like you mentioned, Woj, but come conference championship time, that's where you're really going to have your hedging opportunities.
0: All right, well, it's that time of the podcast, the Woj and Wall pick 'em. Who are you taking this week? You had a – well, first let's go over last week. We all had wins. Uh, you had Notre Dame giving seven. I had Florida giving seven, and Story, who was the guest last week, had Fresno State, the San Diego State under at 43. Uh, I think they went pretty well
1: under that as well. Uh, who are you taking this week, Wall, with your 8-4 and four record? I, I don't get to take a pass, Woge. I, I don't get to push it forward. Nope. you got to have somebody, Wall. All right. Well, like I said, I don't see much value. i got to put somebody, like Woge says, He's putting the nail to the coffin on me. I'm going to take Wake Forest minus seven. That's really the best option I see.
0: Well, I'm five, six, and one. I'm struggling here. I'm looking for, uh, looking for a win this week, and I like UCF minus six, uh, and maybe even parlay it with the under at 59 and a half. I talked about that game and how uh, Tulane likes to run the ball. The clock might get run down a little bit. I don't know if I see it going to 69 and a half, but I could be wrong. But I do like UCF by more than what they're expecting that's red. Uh, I just see them coming out and just and just going wild on
1: uh, on a Tulane Green Wave team. <laughs> I knew we were going to disagree on this, Woj. I should have taken Tulane so we could have had a pick them, head-to-head pick them. But I, I'm not that strong on Tulane. So, hey, I hope you win. I put you at that 6-6 six and six record with your one tie. But this week I'm going to be more concentrated on our DraftKings League. Set up, ready to go, right, Woj? It's set up, ready to
0: go. I talked about it in the uh, mini
1: episode this week,
0: mini episode nine. We have a DraftKings League for college football rundown. You can get the link to the league on our website uh, or in the description of the mini episode, which you should listen to. It'll kind of go through everything on how to get logged in or how to sign up for DraftKings um, and all that. Again, it is completely free league uh, just to kind of have fun and, and go go at it.
1: I can't wait to beat you, Oge. It's not for money, though, right? It's free?
0: It is free. We're going to do the 11. This week, we're going to do the 11-game afternoon slate.
1: Well, maybe you and I will put a little side hustle on it between ourselves. What do you think?
0: Well, let's see, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, for those of you that want to get a little more about gambling, we're actually going to do a special episode this week, too. It's going to drop Friday morning. We're going to do a little roundtable discussion. I know I didn't see much value this week, but maybe one of the other people in our roundtable will see value as far as the sports gambling lines go. If you guys want us to go over any specific games, you can tweet at us or tweet us with any questions if we didn't cover today, especially. Right, Woj, what's our what's our Twitter handle? Our Twitter handle is at WWCFB. Hey, it's gonna be a good time. Hopefully people enjoy it. Hopefully people enjoy the DraftKings League this week and I can't wait to crown myself champion week one.
0: Ah, uh, don't get ahead of yourself there, Wall. There's still uh, still a lot of a lot of DraftKings knowledge you need. We'll see, Woj. We'll see. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram is college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj.
1: I'm Walt.
0: This was the College Football Rundown. We're out.